0: I'd like to welcome you to WCPTAM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff.
1: And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Rihanna Day.
0: Happy Rihanna it Day. It is
1: Rihanna Day. There's a, there's a Rihanna concert happening yes, tonight. There is. Everyone's getting ready for
0: it. Yes, they are. There's going to be some commercials around it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some balls thrown around and kicked around. Uh,
1: yes, yes. I, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, I, I just, I think of Tom Brady. He,
0: I knew you were going to say that every
1: still year. Miss his ball handling. I know he has very strong opinions about how he likes to handle his balls. Sometimes he wants some tacky. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes a little overinflated, sometimes he just wants a little more give. I guess a man is
0: entitled to A man, man is
1: entitled to that. So but uh, you never may never am. see
0: Tom Brady on the field again, so I'm sorry. I'm that, so that sad. That chapter's going to be over. Well,
1: yeah, but he'll still talk about it. He still lives in our hearts.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. Like, and you're, like Santa. In, yeah, like Santa. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. It
1: does keep on giving, because, you know, a, 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 a tacky
0: ball. Mm. I, I mean, it gets I guess that's really good go for, go for grip. I'm not sure. I, I, I can't really go there right now, but... Yeah. No, I know, okay. but just, there we go. Yeah. I take your word for it. I, you know. Yes. Because you are a sports aficionado. I am a sports like aficionado. aficionado.
1: <laughs> yes, I... I uh, yes. Every, more, every, every Super Bowl Sunday, I wake up going, Yay! Oh my gosh! Today's the, day! today's the day! I wonder how Tom Brady likes his balls today. Anyway. Whatever gets it's you gonna through be, the day. Whatever gets me through the day it's, it's going to get me through today and we're, we're glad that you're you're joining us today just mere hours before the Rihanna concert that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. We've got a great show for you. Yes, really. uh, oh, I got to go to this place or, uh, this week, the Wonder Museum. Oh, it looks really cool. It's Chicago's okay. original immersive art and technology experience. And uh, the Wonder Museum has kicked off a year long collaboration with the new Vanguard, which is a Chicago based creative coalition dedicated to supporting and uplifting BIPOC creatives. We're going to be uh, speaking with uh, Eric Sawatovsky, uh, Chief marketing officer of the wonder museum i got to meet him on friday we went through it it's really oh, nice. cool and very trippy
2: mm.
1: it's very trippy it's it's fun Let's
0: get your gummies ready yes we did not we did
1: were, not but you, you know were working, we were we there just to to enjoy the yeah. experience
0: and enjoy the experience we did you don't even need gummies for that one, experience. one might say it was a natural
1: gummy experience one might say it was wonderful Ah. Uh, ha, 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 oh. ha. All right. There we go. That's enough of that. Uh, and in advance of the upcoming Warhol exhibition this summer, Buffalo Theater Ensemble presents Andy Warhol's Tomato, a fictitious tale of an unlikely friendship and inspiration. And we're going to be chatting with uh, director Steve Scott. He's going to be joining oh, us yeah, in the that second sounds hour.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, the tomato yeah. is in the can of Campbell's soup. As in the can tomato of Campbell's soup. soup.
1: Well, he also did a tomato. Didn't did he do a tomato? I don't know. We're going to find out. Well, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it's. He's all a tomato that-
0: kind of guy. That is- yeah, thing for tomatoes. We'll find out. It's
1: it, yeah, it's basically kind of like, a, 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 almost like a superhero origin story. Mm. You know, because it's young Andy Warhol when he's like eighteen and he's working. At, uh, he's at this uh, blue collar bar, and oh. it's just a two person show. Mm-hmm. People are. It's Jeff recommended a two hander, a as, as they as like they to say, say in Santa the biz. biz. <laughs> You're so dumb. I love it. (laughs) So so we'll be talking with uh, director Steve Scott, who's just super. He, I, I love Steve. Great guy. Super different, fancy director. Yeah. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, give us a call at 773-763-9278. That number again is 773-763-9278. And of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you live. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a click and a like and a share and all that good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in to WCPT 820. And while you're at it, follow WCPT on all Social media at WCPT eight twenty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and also follow our sister organization, Heartland Signal, as well. There we go. Mm-hmm. So Ella Miller, how are you doing? Have you caught up? I know last week you were like,
0: "I just came in from know, my cruise I and now I, I'm I, like, I oh. slept a lot after you know Good. I did a lot of napping and uh, I caught up. I caught up after having four hours of sleep a night for a week, right? But it was worth it. <laughs> There's always a little bit of a you know thing I have to do when I get home, but uh back feeling good you know i can't. I love this weather i gotta tell you
1: it is okay are you are you worried at all i'm kind of freaked out i think
0: that april march and april are probably going to be they're going to be awful. i know it's going to be weird I, there's but... just always payback when we have this kind of but i was gone during the cold there were some cold days i guess while i was gone yeah. it, there was that december right around christmas but other than that i've hardly had to wear a snow boot our poor, the 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 company that we uh, makes their living shoveling our neighborhood. You know, I feel bad for them. Yeah. They only come out once. Yeah. Uh, but and even
1: that was kind of like yeah. Oh, they, okay. they,
0: they said, "Do we only really want us?" And we're like, "Yeah, come on." Yeah, sure. So I, I I get a kick out of these people though, Scott. I've seen on Facebook that say. What kind of winter is this? Where's the snow and the cold? I love it. I'm like, yeah. no, you know what? See ya. Uh, this is my kind of winter. This makes me want to spend every winter in Chicago okay. if they were like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's freaking really, it's like me out. It's like being
0: in like a Nashville winter or something. You know, there's just not a, a lot. Of, little yeah, you know, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like being further south. I know it's probably because of global warming and it's that part of it makes me uneasy yeah but um it puts me in a good mood to see the sun shining in 50 degrees oh,
1: well the sun give me give me the sunshine any day yeah. i'm totally Even when waiting it's called out the sun
0: is, is yeah the sun
1: right is then. out i'm like okay game changer like there we go it's the when it was gray it's yeah it's just like ooh. for days it was great yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 but I, i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because like this just does not seem right
0: well the weather's pretty to be nice for the next week which is good for me, because and then you're going out I'm escaping out again. Out again you know when you get to be a certain age, Scott, it's not that I'm retiring to Florida, but it's that I try and uh, mitigate what's known as winter in Chicago by. Having a couple of trips Indeed. to get me through mentally. No, you know? I, I hear you. I, I have friends my age that have already like they're they're in Florida for the whole summer or winter rather. You know, they're already they're
1: little winter birds. They're little
0: winter birds. But I, that's not me. That's not me yet. Maybe never. But anyway,
1: I can't see you doing that. I know. I'm I mean, not, I can't look here. I can't really see you in Florida. I'm
0: not, I'm not really. I can visit for a few. You can visit. Go winter, like, but yeah. like, oh, how lovely. I don't and then, to, Ooh, run no, away. Not my, especially. We'll get into him yeah, later. Woof, woof, especially ha. with what's going on down there. But I did manage to see. Uh, uh, Tony Stone at Goodman Theater. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Kathy and I went on Monday night, and uh, very good production. You know, it's a, it's a true story of the first woman to play professional baseball. Um, you know, she she broke into the Negro Leagues at the time, which was difficult to do. And I, I watched League of Their Own. We love that show on uh, I think it's HBO or Showtime. Prime. Prime. Okay, mm-hmm. it was one of those. Yeah. And I love it. And the. I noticed some similarities in the storyline uh, between there's a there's a character in League um, of Their Own, African American woman who, you know, because she's black, they won't let her on the team, right? And and about her getting, you know, going to uh, work in a factory, and so she can be on the factory team. So there were some similarities with this in this. Uh, play, but
1: maybe it, they base that character on since it is they, Tony Stone's a real I, life I character, think they
0: absolutely must have done that yeah. in the show, which was interesting as I watched the uh, some of the, uh, uh, the the baseball players play dual roles. One of them I didn't even realize was playing a dual role. Uh, one is a madam and one is a baseball player. yeah,
1: but you didn't realize that they were
0: the same person. Oh, the same person. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was like, at the baseball you player guy they with, you know, with the hat on and, <laughs> yeah, the thing, yeah. and it was, was the madam. I just didn't till they, you know, but it was, <laughs> it, it's well done. It's talk about ball skills. These guys, you know, not only the good actors, but it's a mainly male cast with one woman. And, uh, you know they're playing; they're doing things with the ball and throwing they're it. They're throwing it around and, yeah, and so catching. As a surprised. it's it's a it's a that nice production. That was nervous.
1: And by know. Lydia Diamond,
0: yeah. By you know, by the-
1: Lydia Diamond. Yeah, she is a buddy of mine from, from Northwestern, Northwestern <laughs> from the uh, early days of About Face Theater. She did a, a production with us uh, called Four by Christopher Shin. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a. Am- I love Lydia. She's incredible. She had a really big hit on the Broadway. Oh. Uh, Stick Fly, I believe, was her mm. first really big hit. But she also, I think, got her start. Uh, with an adaptation of *The Bluest Eye* by Toni Morrison. Oh, really um, nice. yeah, for *Steppenwolf* and for their their young audience series. So she's she's just an incredible human being, a beautiful writer. Um, so yeah. it was it was fun. It was a great yeah, it was, show.
0: It, yeah, it was it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Enjoyed. I get
1: very nervous mm-hmm. whenever, like they always say, like there are two things like when there are very few things that are real on stage like when you're doing a play you know they say dogs are always real a kiss sometimes is real but not really um but anybody who has to throw a ball i i have i had a nightmare because i did a a, years ago i did a show with the goodman at goodman and was it in the smaller space in the is it the owen the owen yeah Is it the smaller Mm -hmm. was that where tony stone was no, it was in the big one. In the one. big one? Mm-hmm. okay. Well I was I was in the small one doing uh, part of the Edward Albee Festival mm-hmm. and The Albert and the Owen. The Albert and the Owen, yeah. It yes. was in the Albert, I think. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Owen I think is the smallest one. Yeah. Um I was in the Owen and we were doing this play called Finding the Sun by Edward Albee. It was part of the big Edward Albee festival. It was this huge thing. There was, you know, this repertory of one acts were happening in the in the Owen. On the Albert, they were doing the goat, uh, which is a very interesting play. Mm. Do you know about that play?
0: That's vaguely familiar. Yeah, it's I where this guy He's having
1: an affair with a goat. Oh yeah, I think, yeah, it's I, very I, think strange.
0: I, I think I passed on that one. It's but... very
1: odd. And to hear people yelling, they'd be downstairs, downstairs in the dressing rooms, and they'd be doing their show, and to hear what they were yelling at each other <laughs> over oh. was always um, we'd be like, wait, what? Okay, goat money. Talk. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, but we were doing this thing, and there was a moment where we I was throwing a beach ball. Had to throw a beach ball because it all took place on the beach. And the person I was throwing it to was. Never ready. Oh, never
0: ready. Yeah, that's I'm like, tough. Come on,
1: come on. And I'm I, nervous
0: for that. I know what you yeah, mean. I'm yeah, nervous yeah. for the and actors. And I
1: threw it, and he was like late, and it hit him and bounced into, into the, the audience. audience.
0: Right. And I'm like, Beach ball party. What do we do? Did they hit it back oh, to you?
1: What, what do, do we do? Yes, and it came back, and I was like, Ah, oh, the sea giveth and the sea taketh oh, away. Perfect. So there we are. Yeah, there. But yes, it's it's always a little. So you
0: said a kiss is is is, is real or not real? What did you, what did you mean?
1: Sometimes, well, like on stage. Yeah. You can't, I mean, I guess you can fake a kiss.
0: I have a story. My, oh, my yeah. mother. My mother was an actor, as I think I told you, Yes. And community theater. One of the very first productions I ever saw that she did was Sabrina Fair. Mm-hmm. And she played Sabrina. She was a little, uh, the Tribune said she was a little old for the part, cause she was at her 40s. Right. <laughs> she well, yeah. looked young. She probably looked like she was in her 30s. Of but course. The character is supposed to be in her 20s. But at any rate, I'm a, probably about 12 years old, and of course we went to opening night, And, you know, there's mom. I had never seen this before because it was the first play she did. She's, at the end, there's a very long kiss. A passionate kiss. A passionate kiss. And the curtain closed, but it bounced open again, and they were still kissing. (laughs) I was like, oh, come on, Venus. Come on, mortified. Venus. Like, Mom.
1: There, well, you're
0: still kissing him. Well, the curtain closed. Mommy. She's a
1: professional. So, she was a so professional. I guess
0: some kisses are more real on stage. Oh, than well, there are some
1: kisses that are real. I did a show yeah. once where I had to kiss somebody. Yeah. Who, I'm gonna say, Benjamin Sprunger, he's been on oh, our well, show. He's yeah, adorable. He's a, He's a great actor, and I kept getting notes like, uh, Scott and Ben, you are kissing too long. I'm like,
0: oh. you know, well. Have you seen sometimes. Ben Springer? <laughs> yes, he's adorable. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'd so kiss him too. Sometimes together. If I was in a, a role him. where I needed to kiss him. Where you him. needed to kiss him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> we never know where the show's gonna go. This Ever. is the beauty of out Chicago. I know, there we we're are. just chatting about what we want to chat about because it's our show. Damn it. Yes. There we are. Damn it. So
1: good times were had by all. I went to the Wonder Museum. It's fun. Yeah, so you're Friday. Jerry night, you and I had like wonder. a little date. We went we went to the Wonder Museum, then we went out for, for lunch afterwards. Where did we you go? The, Anywhere
0: special? Oh, look! Every once in a while. Well, tell me about it. Where'd you go? You're, this is a guilty pleasure coming. I can yeah, feel it. Budlong, Budlong oh, chicken. Oh, that, they're still around. Oh yeah, they're around. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah, one yeah. closed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Leghorn. L- Leghorn closed. Mm-hmm. Leghorn closed. So, Budlong good too. The hot? Did you get the hot? Uh, yeah, did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Your, your mm-hmm.
1: Tennessee roots. Love that. And then, mm-hmm. then, then like, later that night, we went over to our lesbians' house, and more lesbians were there, and we. Play dominoes until one 1.30 in the Who's morning. Who's playing dominoes? Look, I become a grandma. Oh my gosh. What? Today, I become a grandma. You know, I love board games. I love any sort of game. We play dominoes until like 1.30 in the morning. I'm turning into a, like a little old spinster lady.
0: Mahjong, next stop for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. Another
1: old lady came. Yeah, we could definitely do some mahjong going on there. Although today, I will say, I was I was getting ready this morning and I was shaving and I'm looking looking in the mirror. Yeah. This is TMI.
2: Okay. But
1: cool. the amount of hair that was coming from within my ears. <laughs> I was like, why, why has nobody said anything? I mean,
0: it why, was. where is Jerry to groom you? I you
1: know, him? it was, I needed a colobus monkey to come around and like at least groom <laughs> and do things, but I was like, I was late getting to the station today because I was looking for little trimmers. I mean, those, that's the yes. whole, that's the worst thing about getting old, my back hurts. I'm a oh, mess I knew today. I once you
0: turned 50 I'd be hearing about I this. I know everything. My back. you were back. spry when we started this show. I'm you had still spry-ish. I'm still spry-ish. There's something ish. about over 50 that we all fall victim to. It's just like, you know, aches and pains and things start happening. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. 100%, but it was like admit. the worst. Like It's not so much that I'm losing hair, it's that it's slowly moving down my back and mm. moving into different <laughs> exciting places. Like my eyebrows, are it's like giving James Cromwell a run for his money. They've moved out to my ear. It was just, it was just a, oh, it was an emotional day and all I kept thinking about was Tom Brady's balls while I was doing that. I mean, this is,
0: You need to talk to somebody about that.
1: I know. Well, every year I just wake up on this day being like, oh, I hope they're tacky enough or they're deflated enough or whatever. That he he, likes smooth. There's something to get a good grip on it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's something that you have to grapple I know. with.
1: There we are. But mm-hmm. I guess hopefully the the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you
0: rooting for one of the teams?
1: I am. The one with the black quarterback. Uh, that's <laughs> both teams. Look at all the sports trivia I know. Look at all the sports trivia I know. I am are so Are you going to be watching the game? I'm not. I have to work oh. after this.
0: The whole time?
1: It's, oh, yeah. It yeah starts yeah, at no.
0: five. You work till it
1: close. I'm out here till 11. Yeah, yeah. Sundays are a long day for mama. I know. That's why my back hurts. Oh, honey. Because I got to be lifting stuff at the snack factory. <laughs> I mean, today is like, you know. So much guacamole, so no. many chicken wings. I had to wings. Do a little
0: cilantro run Yeah, it is all like, it in. is
1: the shredded cheese holiday. You know, you need it for your nachos, your pizza, your, a, your tater totchos, your chili. Mole,
0: chili, mm-hmm. so cornbread. Yeah, you need shredded cheese. And guacamole. There we go. We're having a party of one other person. <laughs> Nobody, A, everybody's either cares. busy or they live in Florida or something. <laughs> this is what's happened to my friends. And the other thing is, none of them care about the Super Bowl. People don't
1: care. But we, really,
0: Kathy and I care. She's like, let's not invite anybody. Let's just watch the game. And go, no, it's kind of a thing to have people over. It's kind of a
1: That's how I feel about holiday. like the Academy Awards.
0: Yeah, I like to have people over for that, too. And that's how
1: I feel about that. Um, yeah, so Super Bowl. I don't know. Like One thing that I'm always just still very... Just confused about, like, or, yeah, or not confused. I just think I it's very
3: odd yes, talk to me that people
1: it. are so very, very excited about commercials. Like, I know they're fun and they're witty and they're clever and and whatever, but they're still selling you stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, there was a time when these commercials were uh, debuted only on the Super Bowl. Right. That's not true anymore. They're almost they, they leak them online and everything else. Yeah, and
1: there's like a big lesbian Dorito ad that's going to be aired. Oh, oh, I did not. I hear. think there's a big lesbian oh, Dorito ad okay. that's going to be happening.
0: All right. So you know, and and we had friends that didn't care. They said, you know, I'm coming over to this to your house for the Super Bowl, but really, we want to watch commercials. And we're, we're, we are we're love that, too, because right. it's like, I don't have any time to cook, because I don't want to, you know, I, I'm preparing things, and it's, you know, waiting on people, and, you know, being a yeah, host. Yeah, doing your thing. But, like, you don't want to leave during the commercials. You don't want to miss the game. Um, but... You know, there's I don't know. There's still some commercials that are uh, more interesting than you normally would see. Uh, Yeah,
1: but at the same, but it's still a commercial. Like, I mean, it's not like it is a short. I mean, are people? I guess people are treating it like it's a short film. Well, Whatever, it's like, they the spend Go, a lot of Go money. Daddy?
0: Like, whoever even went to GoDaddy, but their commercials were so inventive.
1: I don't remember GoDaddy. I remember the E Trade Babies.
0: That was the big E-Trade one. The E Trade Babies. The E Trade Babies. You know, like it's the Budweiser. Thing. You're going to cry with the puppies. I mean, we know all that kind of thing. But Cry with
1: the puppies. Well, usually
0: there's, there's puppies and, involved in the Budweiser commercials. <laughs> there's puppies involved yes, in the Budweiser yes, commercials yes. every time? Well, did lately, they pull, Did they lately. grab them
1: from the puppy bowl? No, that's when that happens.
0: It was something with a puppy and got lost and the horses brought it back or, you know, Something like that. Oh uh, well. Yeah, it was one of those. Hey, I'm from St.
1: Louis. So the, the, Clyde, the whole the Clydesdales oh, yeah. were a big deal.
0: They are a big deal down there.
1: Yeah. Yes. They were
0: huge. They're huge. I went to the at the uh, at the Grant's Farm? Bush Bush Stadium. Uh, was
1: maybe, it now no, no longer? No, it, was Bush Stadium. it
0: was at the brewery, something, I don't know, years ago when I was a kid. We went. Well they it's stayed so there Bush. was a
1: Grant's Farm, which is where the like the Budweiser family. Oh. And that's where they have the Clydesdales, the Clydesdales stay there.
0: That's their home. I saw them somehow. And then somewhere. they
1: literally trot them out. They trot them out. That's Clydesdale. Big horses, big, gigantic big, horses, gigantic horses, 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 horses. Anyway, that's our
0: take on the Super Bowl They're for our now. Super Bowl. But yeah, I, I, know, I, I, bu- but I, I, I bought a couple squares. I, I went online begging, like anybody know anybody because it gives me. I don't really care. gambling yes You're it's legal gambling. apparently it's legal um uh, <laughs> i just like to root for something because if it's not i don't have any passion towards either one of these teams who are you rooting for i don't i'm rooting for my square whatever one will win me money okay cool, cool cool that's what i'm doing all right there we are that's so why capitalism i like to have squares. At work yes there we are is capitalism
1: capitalism at work, at work through gameplay okay you know Devin, do you have a a, a, a fave for for tonight well, early on, I said the Eagles are going to lose the Super Bowl. So, yeah, let's go Chiefs so I can at least get the loser right. All right. Go Chiefs. And that concludes our Super Bowl talk. No. <laughs> Listen, we actually do need to take a break because okay. there was a lot of stuff that happened this week. Yeah. Look, Jerry's convinced that UFOs are coming. Like, we've been shooting down so many things lately that it just feels like the invasion, the weather's happening. Like, what's going on with that? Yesterday, there was a thing in Canada. They
0: have shot three down this week or something.
1: I think it's an alien invasion that is going to be bringing along mushroom zombies. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, but, but before we go to a break, this part of at Chicago is brought to you by Team Hochberg. If you are selling your home and or purchasing a new home and would like to save thousands of dollars, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Now, Team Hochberg is offering everyone their Perks at Work benefit through the end of April, which can save you thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home. So here's how it works. When a Team Hochberg-affiliated realtor Sells your home, they'll reduce their fee up to 1%. And when a team, Hockburg a Fielder realtor, helps you purchase a home, you will receive up to 1% of their commission as a closing cost credit. Team Hochberg will credit their loan origination fee and their affiliated attorney will reduce his fee. A couple saved close to nine grand using perks at work when they sold their home and purchased a new home. To learn how you can save thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home, give Team Hochberg a call. 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or 56david.com Lower.com Equal Housing Lender NMLS 1124061 We're going to take a quick break and what do you think about the State of the Union? We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. So stick around. There is more Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm Paul Oakley Stovall. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller. Mm-hmm. Rolling along mm-hmm. on a
0: Super Bowl Sunday. Sunny. Sunny's going to hit 50. It's going to be
1: 50. It's weird. It's still weird.
0: It is weird because there was a Super Bowl not too many years ago where we had a blizzard.
1: I know. I was supposed to go watch it with our good buddy Mitchell. And he lived across One the street from me, and I said,
0: Super Bowl and and I said "No,
1: I'm not crossing the street." Like he literally was across oh, the street was from horrible. me. I know. So I went upstairs. I would lived in a big building, and I went upstairs to hang out with my lesbians, and that a different set of lesbians. And that was a year that Katy Perry, where the world was greeted with Left, Left Shark.
0: No oh, right. Left Shark That's made right. it made his world
1: debut, That's uh, right. and Missy Elliott was a surprise guest in that.
0: Your spirit animal. Oh my god, I love her. Have you seen her lately? No. Girl. What happened? I think she got like a gastric bypass or something. Oh she, oh, she's real thin. She's very thin now, mm-hmm. which is a little sometimes you worry. I'm like, yeah, what? yeah. Okay. Well I like,
1: well but she just I mean, it's just taking me I'm like she looks amazing, you know. She always looks amazing mm-hmm. though, because she's Missy Elliott. She's an amazing human she being. Is. She's fantastic. And she like she sends me messages all the time she does you're a Twitter friend a friend of mine. yes you know, she follows me on Twitter she follows you yeah.
2: yeah
0: of
1: course she does she does but yeah no I remember that that year the yeah. blizzard year
0: I didn't remember it was the year Katy Perry played but yeah
1: I do remember that
0: Mostly so you because. know today we're 50 degrees and sunny no snow on the ground there we go that's my kind
1: of perfect snowball. for our gal from Bal- Barbados
0: oh Brianna. is that where she's from yes <sighs> Ellen I know pop music not my not my specialty Ellen. As evidenced know. by the Grammys last week, but I did enjoy the Grammys. They were very entertaining. They did. They were very entertaining. They were entertaining. People were
1: going. You know, speaking of like people's looks, we'll get to your callers, I promise you. Yeah. But speaking of like the Grammys were this week, uh, uh, everyone's going after Madonna. People are are like going after her. Subject for... of our dinner party last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you? what I mean, because they're they're attacking <sighs> her for all of the the work that she's had done.
0: Yeah, you know. All right. So here's the deal, for me you are a performer you are constantly you make your living by being in front of people yeah um your appearance is going to be judged if you're in front of people oh yeah and it's just kind of goes with the with the with the territory um it's hard for me to see people that do extreme surgery on their faces and not have to like feel kind of icky about it personally because it's just like oh my god it's like some of the people that have done it look disfigured to me, mm-hmm. and it's 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 um, unsettling. You know, it's like, but I have to go back to well, you chose.
1: She chose. Can she do can. Do, she's Madonna. She can do whatever you can she wants. She
0: want, but it doesn't mean that I have to think it looks good, because I really think she looks strange.
1: Yeah. Well, I think right now it's the the no eyebrow thing. Well, I you don't know, know. Like
0: what? Her whole face looked like a porcelain doll that had been. I mean, I again, you know, you make your living being, you know performing and being in front of people, you make choices and the choices you make, you're going to have to live with. And personally, I I feel a little bad for her because I don't, I, I think some people that Grace, you know, we were talking about Cheryl Crow was on the Grammys and Bonnie Raitt was on the Grammys. They had lines in their faces. Mm-hmm. To me, that's real. And I respect that. I respect that a lot because... Some people aren't, brave, you know, they feel they can't do that. They can't be them. Right. And being your authentic self for me is always going to be something that I feel mm. better about. Now, Jane Fonda, well, on the other hand, Jane Fonda, she's I'm like, got... oh, my God, who's your surgeon? Give me right. Give me your number. No. Yeah, indeed. But it's just so some people make choices and you can't help but Reba McIntyre.
1: I want Reba McIntyre's doctor. She looks incredible all the time whenever she pops up. And I'm like, whoa, all right. But here's the thing about being your authentic self. what
2: do
0: you think?
1: I think Madonna is being her authentic self. You know, she is the queen of reinvention. That's what she does. That's what she's done for her entire career. Mm -hmm. Some say that that's kind of what gave her a career, was the way that she constantly was reinventing herself, trying new things, doing stuff. Um, You know, she went under a huge physical transformation at the very beginning of her career from you know, from her first album to, to the, uh, 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 uh what, it's this Ray one. Ray of
0: Light? Uh, it's no. this
1: one. No, it's not Ray of Light. It's, it's this one where she goes like this, ah, on the cover, but like, uh, open your heart to me and everything. And oh no, she no. got the really short haircut and she lost a lot of weight and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, and then she just kind of keeps changing and evolving. I think she is being her her authentic self and she can do whatever she wants. My thing is that she just doesn't look comfortable. You know, like the mm-hmm. the the corsets, the the new butt implant. Well, she had a butt got, implant. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing.
0: And it's a big thing and you know what? If you if you look into it, it's really horrible for women to do it. It's not a healthy thing to do. the women, butt implant. Yes, there's yeah. women that say, you know, they wish they would never done it uh it's caused irreparable harm and you know i just it's sad i know that people in front of you know cameras and in front of an audience feel the need to continually look as young and youthful as they can Mm -hmm. but life is life and 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 you know time marches on uh i just i think sometimes what about
1: Shares Share another candy. one, you know. Shares, shares another, another one. one.
0: Shares another one. Yeah, I know. I.
1: I she looks amazing, and she's she and she's what, a hundred and
0: four? One hundred four. One hundred five. Yeah, one hundred and five.
1: I think. Yeah, her birthday's coming up. Uh,
0: I don't know. I, I don't I, know. It, but it, people it, were
1: giving her a lot of slack, and granted, also I think Madonna brings a lot of slack, invites it into mm. her world, just because she's she's such a. She just likes to stir the pot, and she's... she's.
0: Well, when she said, it's if you're breaking the rules or whatever, and then she shows her leg, it's like, really? That's a It's like, wow.
1: Well, yeah. that might be what you can do right now. You know, like, there are some things, like, she... I think one of the challenges for her is because she is known for being such an incredible live performer to, you know, to be, to be doing all of this, you know, putting together these incredible shows. Her music is not... It's not great. She's not a singer. Look, here's a, but I love her you know i love i love Madonna, I especially love early madonna you know she was what i grew up with she was one of the first people to be an ally for the lgbtq mm-hmm. community she was on the front lines of the uh, of creating awareness around hiv aids you know when a time when it was not no she was yeah i was a big to, fan i was a huge fan of her and like you know ray of light was an incredible album okay. her music was an incredible album she had, you know she, it was good and like all of her concerts are great but i think what What's really challenging for her is her physical limitations, you know, like what her body can do because she's what
0: sixty-two, I think.
1: Yeah, she's in her sixties, and being able to put your body through a grueling two-hour concert. I remember watching the Drowned World Tour. which was for uh, uh, it was for music, and she ended the show with that song music. Mm-hmm. And you know, as she's going, and she and her dancers are like going to like take their bows for the evening. They are all literally walking over to one side of the of the arena, and you know that whole thing. She ends her two hour show doing like forty squats. In heels, like she's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. They're like, they're getting down. They're doing their thing. They're taking them as they go over to the other stage, outside of the stage, do the same thing. Squats, squat, squat. Okay. I'm like, have you done squats? They hurt. Mm-hmm. They hurt your leg for anybody, mm-hmm. let alone somebody who's 62. So I think part of it is just like, she's trying to figure out how she can move in her body. In her new body. In her new body. And I do, I'm, mean, you know, yes, there's a lot of misogyny and and. Unrealistic expectations that we place on women in our society as we get older. Yes. Same with men too, though. I mean, people are have except for Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is just like he's he's been cryovacked. I don't know how he stays looking so good. But or
0: Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe,
1: oh, God. he's I had one, to have a minute. There one of my Rama.
0: favorites.
1: He's so dreamy. I'm really into his yeah. Podcast. But I think yeah. you know, I, I think I, what always makes me sad is the fact that Madonna. Madonna now, like the, the young folks, only know Kookie Pants Madonna, yeah, and they don't know understand like why, how she got to be where she is, and the important role that she played in pop culture, uh, and queer culture. I mean, she played a huge role. In the 80s, 90s, yeah, 2000s, you know, of just like of moving the conversation forward of and empowering women to be um, to be sexual, to enjoy their sexuality, mm-hmm. to enjoy all of that. You know, maybe that's why the right is now all up in arms with like, you know, drag queens telling stories to kids because you have somebody who was just such a who wasn't kind of a, a renegade. And I thought it was really great when she had that moment at the Grammys when she was saying, you know, I'm talking about people who are
0: pushing boundaries and mm-hmm. do that.
1: I don't yes, know. I, I just feel okay, bad. I've that, always
0: been a big fan. I just, it, it just, I know. it was a little unsettling to see the way she looked. I it's all. all That's how I feel. I, I know. Mean, you know?
1: Oh no, I'm with you. I mean, I've sat across the table from someone and be like, whoa, slow down there, Betty. Yeah. I don't know who Betty is, but, yeah, but Betty White
0: never got any. She lived almost to be a hundred. It's different when you're a comedian, mm. you know? Yeah.
1: I don't know. We have talked about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right know. into the. Let's get right into. No, what we need oh, to oh, do. We should take okay. a break. now. We should take a break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll talk our show,
0: we're talking about whatever we want. Look, here's
1: the thing. People I'm, care about what we're talking oh, about. Oh, I know, but, but like you know, here we always call this Sunday brunch with your gay best friends, yeah, and, and this just is to, what we'd be talking and about. And to kind of pull back the curtain, yeah, just to let you know, this is how we shape, how I try to shape every show. It's like you're going to a brunch. So you hang out and you see the people. You talk jibber-jabber. How was your week? What's going on? Then a little bit later on, you start talking about a little bit more the meat of the things. What's going on in the culture? What's going uh, we'll, on we'll in politics? And um, then, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I, uh, I had two relatives just text in. My Aunt Virginia, just celebrated her 92nd birthday, agrees Happy birthday. with me about Madonna. Yeah. And my brother John confirmed Madonna is 64. Thank you, family, 64. for listening. Thank you, family there you go
1: and for 64 yeah and because facts matter we said 62.
0: she's 64.
1: 64. let's get she it right just looks uncomfortable she does. that's okay. the thing like she's just just all tight she looks she just looks uncomfortable like Aww. her corset and then remember when she was pulled down a flight of stairs at a, and during a concert, a oh. couple of, when she was sixty one, she was doing performing in Spain, and they oh, there was and a moment where she had uh, dancers to yank off a, a cape that she had oh on.
0: Right, and
1: she flew
0: downstairs. She found, broke something. Didn't she, she? she didn't
1: break anything. No, she flew down because it wasn't it didn't unclass the oh. way it should. Flew down some stairs, and what did she do? She got up. She got up and continued performing because she's Madonna.
0: She's a pro. She's a pro. When I had a perm, people told me I looked like her.
1: All right, that's Back a whole other day. story that we'll <laughs> Back we'll get in into. The day. I'm trying to imagine you with
0: a perm right oh, now. Oh yeah, and I used everything. to have a perm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Talk the eighties. We're talking the eighties. Oh, everyone everybody had a, had a perm. Everybody had a perm. Boys there. had perms. Girls yes. had perms. Jerry had a perm. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody on had the, a
1: perm. he won that perm for everybody that 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 permed term. mullet thing going on. Yeah, that was a huge thing. It was a big the day. perm mullet. Mm-hmm. All right, we need All to right. take a break. Yeah, we'll then. talk about something with substance on the other side. Cuz we got the state of the union, we got the mayor's election coming up. So, s- stick around. There's more out Chicago right here on WCPT.
4: everybody, this is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. And welcome back to
1: Out Chicago, Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller, rolling mm-hmm. along. Yes. Uh, hey, the, uh, 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 the, the State of the Union Tuesday was this night. week, yeah. it was feisty.
0: It sure was. It was lively. It was one of the most, one of the most participatory. <laughs> oh my God! The new normal. You know, ever since uh, the, whoever yelled the, liar uh, the liar to Barack several years ago, uh, now it's like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene at all. They're like, okay, we're gonna start screaming. Hanging out in the
1: cheap seats,
0: dressed up like a weather balloon, apparently, or she walked around. I, with I, a walked balloon. I saw that earlier. Yeah, she walked
1: around with that balloon, Light and balloon. then I think she was dressed up. Like a balloon,
0: you know, as Kathy and I were talking even this morning, these are people that helped incite this insurrection, and they yeah. have all this power now, yep, they're kowtowing to the Marjorie Taylor greens of, of yeah Congress. And they're what's really they're becoming the standard bearer, yeah, and it is. Appalling to me, it is absolutely appalling. I, I love that Mitt Romney's, you know, stuck called and, out called Santos out or
1: whatever yeah. It is, yeah, whoever he is. You don't is. to be
0: standing here. You shouldn't even be in Congress. This is, this is what they all need to be hearing from yeah. from, from their elder states people uh, you know, the, the Republicans that have, you know, their ear. And and I just can't, I I just hate the fact that a margin and Lauren Bobart, you know, Matt Gates, all of them, they're just pathetic human beings. But I think that. I think that Joe did a pretty good job of handling what was being thrown at him.
1: Absolutely. Well, because, I mean, the one thing that I'm a little, like, all of the commentary, I mean, I know it happened Tuesday and it's Sunday. So, like, there's been so much said about it this week. Um, But, you know, everyone's saying, like, he was setting them up and they fell into his trap. And I'm like. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, don't I don't know, know that how much that, that was... I don't know, you know that, like, yeah.
0: He said that because he knew they'd say that. No, I think when he came back and said, oh, I guess it's settled then. No one's going to have any problems with Social Security or Medicare. Yeah. I was jumping for joy when he said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, they have stated that they want to cut these, quote, unquote, entitlements. Yeah. Sunset them, whatever they're referring to about them.
1: So, oh, they, they come up for... Uh, it was uh, uh, Scott...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his uh, name? Poop. Florida, dude. Florida.
1: Whatever. Oh, always Florida. Uh, always Florida. Always Florida. But, you know, when he was saying that, you know, laws are getting, need to be re... Certain programs are, are re-upped every 10 years, and if we want to do this, we can. Like, ugh, whatever. It's... it's. I don't know. I don't know how much of a mastermind it was for, on Joe Biden's part, you know, because he an orator, he is not. You know what I mean? He is not mm-hmm. known for giving... Like these beautiful like speeches. He is not President Obama, who's like I could just listen to him speak all the time. G- President Biden is more of like an off-the-cuff kind of guy. I thought that's why he was so great with those those quips coming up yep. after them. Like all right, get them. I'm gonna talk All right, let's all stand up to not talk about to to get to keep Social Security yeah. and Medicare. Fantastic, great job. I thought he did one of the most effective parts for me was. Bringing up police violence um, and talking about um, how there needs to be reform, how mm-hmm. there needs to be reform in, in justice and talking and bringing up the talk, the talk that that brown and black yeah. parents I have with their was kids. was really,
0: uh, if, really uh, powerful. Yeah. And I think that although a lot of us know about that, I, I'm guessing there are a lot of Americans that, Americans that were going, wow, I never thought about that.
1: Yeah. I mean that's I mean, it was huge and he didn't try to explain it he just like this is fact you know this is what happens and could you imagine losing your your child to the hands of law enforcement like i, I thought that was really really, really powerful and Tyra's parents were there, there. Yeah. yeah it's it's just great i i don't know i thought it was i thought he did a great I job he
0: did a great job too and you know the uh, the polls afterwards agree that he did a great job um of course there was this Sarah Huckabitch as I like to call her. Oh. Uh, we call her
1: Jethreen. Do you remember on the Beverly Hillbillies when Jethro had his, his twin sister oh, came along yeah, he Jethreen? Both roles. Yeah, we call her Jethrine. <laughs> when Jethreen came up and she gave the oh. the the response to something I guess she had a different copy of the speech because it was nothing about what she what about president biden said but the it was nothing but fear culture wars fear fear Stacking fear they coming fear for your the kids other. the education the critical race theory the woke radical woke left they're coming for your babies to make them all Transgendered, anti-racist peoples. Like it was just so bananas. And at one point she said, there's two sides to everything. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact quote, but like how there's like the normal and then there's crazy. And that was the first time I agreed with her. I'm like, yes, there are. I do not understand how People can can still claim to be a part of the Republican Party as it is today because you have howler monkeys, you know, uh, 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, who are just like screaming and doing whatever. All they want is attention yeah. and antics. They spent this week going after Twitter people, you know, doing personal grievances that they were shut down on Twitter. That's how they're going to be spending their time in these committees, because they want to like f- go after Hunter Biden, yeah. uh, his laptop, which is on the front of everybody's mind oh, yeah, we're all right now. We're for really worried about mm. that right now. Um, they're going after Twitter about free speech. You know, it's just, and then at the same time, they want to go and ban books. You know, and ban things from having their free speech. It's so bananas, and I don't understand how people. I understand that there are conservative folks in here. Like, I get it, and that they're you know mm-hmm. conservative policies. But what I don't understand is how people can align themselves with the shenanigans that are happening on the right.
0: She is speaking right now. to that core thirty percent. You know, Trump hardcore Republican. She wasn't trying to unite. Even her own party, in my opinion, by taking this kind of a stance, and uh, it's it, it was it came off. I think you know. I, I, it came off horribly i i think it came off yeah she just did not get, it, it, and it fear. was just weird and... and one of the things she said every day we're told that we must partake in the left's rituals salute their flags and worship their false idols that's not normal it's crazy and it's wrong our fl- the flags like the what gay flags? F- like the gay pride flag yeah i mean that's what i think she's referring uh, to oh okay
1: we're saluting that uh, you know no. what
0: She's, I, you know, I'm the youngest uh, governor in the country. Biden's the oldest. Pr- you know. Right. What? Really? You had to go. Why?
1: So, well, because she's trying to. I mean, I understand that because that's the way a tactic would be like, OK, the new conservative, blah, blah, blah. But the new conservative is horribly homophobic, misogynistic and racist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what they continue to
1: foster. And that is what they continue to foster. Uh, What did you think about the State Uh. of the Union? We'd love to hear from you. 773-763-9278. Let's go to the phone. Steve on line two. Welcome. You're on Out Chicago.
4: Yes, and, and what I took from it was that it, it assuages the fears of a lot of people who think, who thought that say Joe Biden is getting a bit too long in the tooth to run again, and this is this is a big concern in in not just Republican but Democratic circles. Is he is he the right guy? He was the right guy to take us this far, yeah. he was the right guy to beat Trump, but is he is he the right guy to run again? given his age. And I think given, again, these the off the cup uh, capacity for Biden to respond to, to that in, in real time, well, what was going on in that room demonstrates that he's, he's a lot sharper than people think. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Republicans, it, it didn't do them any favors in, in terms of trying to to frame Biden as being the dodder, old grandfather, you know, he, he was right out, right on the money. He knew exactly how to respond. And that response, however else you want to frame it was, he did not make Republicans look good. So, He's all apparently a lot sharper than a lot of them are.
0: Absolutely.
4: And, and, having, and beyond that, I mean, we need to get away from this vision of an, of an American presidency in which, you know, the president is the guy who makes every decision and is responsible. You know, this, this notion of, well, you know, we've, we've got this Chinese balloon. Why didn't Joe Biden catch that? As if Joe Biden's up at three o'clock in the morning looking at a radar screen. Exactly. And he didn't catch that. Yeah, and
2: right. You know, I
4: mean, this is not how a government this size works. We delegate and it's... And it, Republicans are big fans of the military and the Pentagon and so forth. But now all of a sudden, oh, wow, they just, the ball dropped. It's the same military, it's the same Pentagon that was there when you guys were in charge. Now, now all of a sudden, you know, they're incompetent.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, this is
4: ridiculous. But but again, this is what they want to do, as you pointed out. They want to frame the next few years in all of these sort of nonsensical conspiracy theories and, and everything under the sun that, makes, that will make you believe. That, you know, uh, as Donald Trump has already articulated in his own party, that, you know, anybody running against me is out there grooming children, uh, i.e. Ron DeSantis. I mean, this is where, where this is easy. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned, let them go. You know, let them turn into, into this nonsense. They've got only themselves playing. Uh, they created this Frankenstein. And now they have to live with it, because I don't think that they stand a chance of winning in 2024. And as as all the polling seems to demonstrate, so and but the, part of the reason that you might get a Donald Trump as a nominee because of uh, the way that the Republican uh, primary system is set up. So Donald Trump didn't win a majority of, of the votes in a primary until the thirty third state in twi- in twenty sixteen, uh, and so uh, we've got to keep that in mind. It's it's simply who gets. The, the largest percentage of a given state. So two-thirds of people might have opted for somebody else, but in the Republican right. system, well, the guy who got the most gets, gets everything. Yep. winner take all. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's not, let's face it, this is the last point I'll make. It's not as if anything about Donald Trump has been rehabilitated in the last two years to make you say, oh, wow, you no, know, I made a mistake. I want to vote for Donald Trump next time. Yeah, he doesn't, right. oh, I don't yeah. think he
0: stands a chance.
4: Oh, yeah. And thanks no. for
0: your call, Steve. Have a great Thank day. You.
1: Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It's like, it. There. It just seems like they're a bunch of like again, like howler monkeys. It's yeah, what they're doing. They're a, just they're just a a, just screaming. Them. Yeah, they're into the abyss and just trying to stoke fear. Let's go to the phones. Brian and Juliet. Thank you so much for holding on, Brian. Hey Brian. How are you doing today?
0: Thanks for holding, Brian.
5: Oh, uh, oh. You're welcome. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Okay, well. Good morning. Uh, Well, I'm uh, calling in reference to uh, DeSantis. Has he announced his candidacy for president yet?
0: Not officially, no. No.
5: But he intends, most people think he will. Correct. Oh, my goodness. Well, that may be a good, uh, good, uh, following up on the last call, um, uh, that uh, uh, if uh, Trump uh, is uh, going up against DeSantis, uh, that may be a good thing, because politically, though, uh split the the far right they are both far right yep. and yep. Uh, they split the party and either Joe Biden or if he should decide uh, not to run Kamala Harris uh would make it much easier and uh for them to win but uh, the main reason i called in was uh the uh these uh, doings in uh, Florida that i'm hearing about uh, and i heard on Edwin Eisen show uh that uh Uh, I don't know if this is an official ban on uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon or if it's just DeSantis' opinion. Uh, I hear that there are books that uh, if uh, teachers use in Florida, they can get charged with a felony.
1: Yeah, there are definitely books that are mm -hmm, are on on the thing. He wants to also kind of pull out any sort of AP African-American history uh, as a part of the curriculum for high school students because people think that it's critical race theory. Um, It is. Yeah, he he's weird. The only thing that gives me pause about that, that cuckoo pants, that Florida man, as opposed to the other Florida man, is that he understands politics and that he is a better politician than 45. So,
0: Yeah, that's what we fear.
1: There you are. But Brian A, hey, thank you thank so you, much Brian. for giving us a call. Thank you for holding on. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have got to take a break before we begin the second hour of Out Chicago. So stick around. You are listening to WCPT, where facts matter.
0: I'd like to welcome you to wcpt am's out chicago think of us as sunday brunch with your gay best friends now please welcome your host scott duff
1: and welcome back to the second hour of out chicago <laughs> scott duff here along with ellen miller we have gone down a rabbit hole yeah because uh was it uh brian and brian, Joliet? brian yeah. and Joliet brought up this whole
0: the santa's th- uh banning the lyrics for uh, dar- uh the dark side of the moon no, banning the album the album and and why? Because why there's a rainbow on the cover? <laughs> this is where they're at, guys. This is, this it's is where... so weird. For
1: the fiftieth anniversary, they released the album again, and it yeah, wow. I mean, because there's a rainbow on the album. Okay, wowza. And then i guess he also went on in a press conference to talk about how rock and roll has changed and that was when men were men, men and women were men women, and women were women like and you
0: never saw kurt cobain or david bowie wearing a dress he said
1: which, um but okay. you did.
0: See did david bowie wearing a dress and
1: i believe kurt cobain didn't he they like wear slips on I I don't, anyway Oh, okay. There we go. We've got a fun second hour uh, set up for you. A little bit later this hour, we're going to be speaking with director Steve Scott, who uh, has been running the helm uh, of Buffalo Theater Ensemble's uh, latest show, Andy Warhol's Tomato. Mm -hmm. Jeff recommended. It's all about fictitious tale of an uh, unlikely friendship between Andy Warhol and a young Andy Warhol. It's kind of, kind of like a superhero origin story and about how art, um, the importance of art, You know, and and speaking of of the importance of art and creativity, I'm super duper excited. You know, I went to the Wonder Museum this Friday. If you haven't Uh been, it's super duper cool. It is Chicago's original immersive art and technology experience. And they've just kicked off a year long collaboration with the new Vanguard, which is a Chicago based creative coalition dedicated to supporting and uplifting BIPOC creatives. And joining us now is the chief marketing officer of the Wonder Museum, Eric Sabotovsky. Eric, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, gang. What's going on? Not oh, much. You know,
1: there's
0: a little this, a little that. A
1: little this, a little that. We're, we're gobsmacked that Ron DeSantis doesn't like Pink Floyd. Because
0: <laughs> of yeah. the rainbow. Because of the
1: rainbow. You know? Uh, <sighs> it's,
3: a, it's a prism of light. Yeah. I know. I,
1: yeah. Yeah,
3: well.
0: Well,
1: yeah. We can't give them know, credit there's, there's,
0: for, there's you know. There's
1: that. <laughs> but what, but what yeah. we can do... Is give credit to the to the Wonder Museum. Holy smokes, what a fun fun time I had there on Friday! Can you tell our listeners a bit a little bit about the the history and the mission of of the Wonder Museum?
3: Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. Of course. Uh, I've been listening, and I'm just fascinated on how many topics you cover <laughs> we're, we're all over the
1: place today it's whatever whatever that little hamster that is running around in my mind just kind of like throws up you know that that comes out
3: it is you two were to come with with kurt and, and david everyone would be welcome to wear their dress because kurt cobain did wear dresses thank and you and uh to get into the experience of wonder museum and how it started in 2018 as a pop-up uh the founder had this intention of, of simply we're all artists right me you scott Alan, we're all artists and in that sense we're all born with this sense of curiosity and creativity that somewhere around the age of seven you know based on our our social context or the environment we're in you know We start to unlearn things that are creative. What wonder represents is the ability to get that back, right? Mm -hmm. And once you step inside, if the three of us were to step inside of wonder, we would all have different experiences, Mm -hmm. the three of us. Mm -hmm. And then if we were to come back sometime after our first experience, our three separate experiences wouldn't be the same as the first time that we went.
0: I
1: believe that. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to get at, that
0: Mm -hmm. wonder.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I was, uh, we were going through and having our experience, and it really is. Uh, this sounds, might sound a little hokey, but do you remember that book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? You know, it was this. It was, it was very. Rage. It was all the rage, mm-hmm. like in the nineties, mm-hmm. and it was Late like, mm-hmm. and it was all about trying to exactly what you're saying, Eric, is the fact that you know that we are all creative beings, that we are all artists, that we are all filled with curiosity and wonder. But somewhere along the line, we lose it, and it is every single installation that is in there is an interactive there's an interactive component uh to to everything and it felt to me kind of like th- the the spirit of the the artist's way come to life in 3D and in technology and in everything it really is you're like it 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 felt like it was sparking certain like new th- new cylinders were firing off and on and it was just it was really really fun in fact i w- i was talking to one of the people that worked there mm-hmm. and she's like we were in one room uh Jerry and i went together and we were in the room where there i forget the name of the exhibit but it's where you can create music
3: okay and do you know which that would be Try to get higher. That's yes,
1: try to get higher. Uh, and there, you walk into this room. It's dark, and there, is, there's a, a like a, an electronic keypad, and you can push buttons, and like beats and sounds come out. And we're just having a ball in there. And we walk outside, and this this woman who's who's I guess one of the guards there, or just she's part of the staff. She. she, we're like, does that ever get annoying to you? She's like, are you kidding me? I get to come to I, I come to kindergarten to work, you know. She, there's something very childlike. Mm-hmm. Uh, About the whole experience So it started out in 2018 as a pop-up?
3: Yes As a pop-up And you know through several different Iterations you know Going into the pandemic And then coming out of the pandemic uh, The founder Brought the right team together And you know had the intention That this was going to Become permanent and not only was it going To be a Chicago thing we were going to take It coast to coast which is where we currently are in the Wonder Journey. Yeah. We, we've also opened up uh, San Diego, and we have our sites on Seattle and Boston in the next coming months.
0: Cool. Eric, I, I haven't seen the exhibit yet. Uh, I know Scott saw it on Friday. So it is interactive. You mentioned the keyboard uh, element. Uh, tell us about some of the, for those that are interested and want to hear more. What, what kind of interactive activities take place at the, in the exhibit?
3: All the interactivities. That's the thing that separates us from other experiences or other museums is there is no prescriptive way to go through any of the 20 plus installations.
2: Oh, wow. You know,
3: they, they are meant to be touched or, you know, there's sonic components or there's different instances where you can write things such as on the, the Wisdom Project where you can write your own intention and hang it up on the wall. And... Interestingly enough, to that component, um, we have every single card that a guest has written or drawn a picture or put song lyrics on from when we've opened in twenty eighteen. And you yeah. know, so we get hundreds or thousands um per day where people are writing things on there. Um but there there is no right or wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. There's there's things that involve uh AR and VR. There are things that I found. There are things, um, that it, it, it gets to why wonder Exine exists that you, the guest you complete the artist intention or equation that by being a part of the installation or exhibit, you complete it. And, you know, whether you take that away or choose to share it, uh, again, I think that's something that makes us different than either, you know, museums where there's more this idea of kept art, like, hey, this is fine art. You could probably never acquire it or things that are, you know, experience based that really are more a mile wide and an inch deep. I feel that, you know, wonders different in the way that it presents itself to guests and how they can interact with different things
0: sounds like it yeah
1: yeah it's really it's super duper I mean it's it just feels like you're you're playing Mm -hmm. you know who doesn't like that yeah well there's you know one of the uh, one of the books that actually changed my life was uh, Peter Bogdanovich's book called Free Play um and where he introduces this whole concept of galumphing, and where galumphing is the sense of a, like a ba- wild and abandoned play that you only find in baby apes, puppies, and uh, yeah. and young civilizations, mm-hmm. you know. And so I try to enter into, uh, you know, try to galumph as often as hmm. possible, and it feels like it is a galumphing experience because that it's like there's some video components that are just like that they capture your image and they alter it. And, you know, then you like walk around the corner and there was a poet sitting at a typewriter and she composed a poem uh, within three minutes. Yeah, I love that. It's so I great because wow. like, you think it's all high tech and all of a sudden, oh, hello, nice poet person who's here. You're going to write a poem? Great.
3: Yeah. 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 Using some old school technology, banging it out on the typewriter. typewriter yeah. yeah,
1: and we actually had like, a, and then we had a conversation with her about the typewriter, about you know, like, well, I love this. There was something that we were Jerry brought up something, and there's that's one of the best sounds ever, and I forget what it was. Uh, he was mentioning, and she's like, well, this one's pretty great too. And she did the return on oh, the yeah, on the
0: typewriter, on the, typewriter, Garage, the yeah.
1: carriage, and we're like, oh, she's like, but this is really fun because, you know, with the typewriter, it is something that a lot of people haven't encountered young people, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's a way to kind of like, again, it is interactive and it's tactile. It is like going in there. It's using different muscles and, and things. It sounds really cool. Yeah. The poetry part was just so great. And we we have, you know, we got to take it with
3: us and it's great how, yeah. So you bring the word tactile up because there are, you know, whether it's some of the fabric on the walls, rub it one way and it. You know, it changes its shape or its form, and we find people drawing in fabric. Yeah, and you know the the little sewn-on tiles, and people just find different ways to be creative there. And that's it, it's great that people can do that.
1: Yeah, when we well, we got to you know, you were kind enough to come down and say hello uh, as we were beginning our visit through the museum, and you were talking about the the values of the Wonder Museum. What what are those values that, that drew you to, to begin your work there?
3: So, I think when people look for different experiences, whether it's what their professional experience is going to be, or, or it's a place where they're going to spend their money, they want to find something that resonates with them. You know, and, and when I was doing my own research for Wonder Museum, I came across their four core values, which are things that are education based, and that's STEM, where they call it STEAM. So they add the A, which is also arts and culture, into and the science, technology, and uh, mathematics. Um, you know, a, a wider bucket, which is community based, where things like creatives of color show up. Um, mental wellness, which gets at a heart of a lot of the, why people do art, whether they find it therapeutic or they're trying to convey, you know, a deeper sense or meaning of life. And then specifically for me, the thing that, that I liked was the LGBTQIA plus and this inclusivity and diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because something that was something that was very important to me as, as how I was raised and that it just wasn't something that was part of brand speak. It was actually something like how they live, whether the artists that they partner with, and a message that they were trying to convey, were things that we do from uh, a wonder after dark, which is kind of like after dark programming, um, and, and things in partnering with the community, you know, such as doing things with either, um, you know, uh, drag installations or DJs, mm-hmm. experiences, and I just found it to be really authentic. And that yeah. translates and all the way down from the programming mm-hmm. to the, the people that work for Wonder and the people who love and appreciate Wonder.
1: People who, like, you actually walk the walk and everything. Because I, I believe, yeah. aren't you, we had the AIDS Foundation Chicago uh, uh, on last week, and I believe you're also partnering with them for their World of Chocolate that's coming up, um, I think. Or did I make that up?
3: No. Well, you're you're right in, in how we partner with many organizations. Yeah. Like even down to the to the artist, if you think of how we have in Chicago in San Diego, we have uh Keith Herring's art. And you know, when I was going through an experience with my father when he was sick and how uh Rush Press had installed a large piece of, of Keith Herring's art in the wing of the music, uh, the wing of the hospital where my father was like seeing that in wonder and how it was thoughtfully put in the window so that Keith Haring's art faces out into the community you don't mm-hmm. have to buy a ticket to see Keith Herring's art right you know you can just pull up on you can just walk on by you know, great scene and and you can see it and you can and it's there for everyone it's like those kind of things I'd really
1: love. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of collaborations and, and working with communities, you are have a new collaboration with the new Vanguard. Um, and right now there's a, a Nico Washington exhibit. How did that partnership uh, come about?
3: As, yeah, you know, one of the pillars being community. What does that mean? You know, what, what reasons do people in the Chicago community have to come and experience Wonder? Um, whether it's from a content side or it's from an experience side, we looked at the new Vanguard as this agency that was doing something wildly different, which was providing a platform for black and brown artists from Chicago, not just to present their art, and their creative statements, but also to help them build a business around their practice. So the New Vanguard is a coalition um, that helps artists negotiate deals, build infrastructures, how to build LLCs around you know, how they create art. And we found that the platform that they provided for artists uh, align perfectly with how Wonder provides a platform for what's possible. And you know as as people come through to see the the first installation that Nika Washington has done, it was an opportunity for Nika, who's a classically trained uh, um painter. To transition his work off the canvas in an experience and how to use technology and how to use things outside of his painting medium to display his art and, and his thesis of how he, as an athlete, um, sees that men of color, uh, and especially men of color in sport, are either exploited or viewed and to bring that experience to a wonder
2: for for people to share it. Yeah,
1: it's it's really I mean it's 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 hard to describe. Yeah, you because know, it sounds like the whole thing. I mean especially that that particular exhibit, the Nico Washington piece. It's, it features a lot of Muhammad Ali and about you know oh. the exploitation of black men, which I think is very interesting. That <laughs> coincidentally we're having this show on Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. which we can say about mm-hmm. that. Um, but there's, you know, about how you there's a a, a a giant punching bag that you can't tell if it is being exploding through the floor up or if it's falling down. There's, I mean, it's it's really great, and it's it's one of those things. I think it is a great remind. See. I'm trying to frame this. So Ellen and I are, are are fortunate because we have creativity in our lives. You know, we have harmonicas. She's an incredible harmonica player. I, you know, have my have acting and comedy and all that sort of stuff going on. And a lot of people in our worlds are creative people, but I think a lot of folks forget that impulse to create or they they just forget it. Not that they're trying to push it down, they, but they they for-
0: don't feel that it's uh worthy of, of yeah. coming out and and, and they, they judge it and don't allow it to happen. Yeah,
1: but then yes. but when you go to the Wonder Museum you know, you get to there's so many different things that are just like just freaking cool. Sounds you know, wonderful. you're walking across the floor and then this light show is happening based on your footsteps. You know, like it's it really is as that person who who was working there said, I get to come to kindergarten every day to go mm-hmm. to work. It's it's fun. There's a beautiful infinity room that is super duper drippy. Um, you know, it, it's so much fun to go there and I think it, it's great to just to remind people that yes, there is a little that you have that spark within you. Oh, yeah. And whether it, it doesn't, ha- you don't have to create a masterpiece. Right. You can just you know, you know, make a cake, or whatever it is. You just, but have just, to create. Yeah, just create. Yeah, just create.
3: Right to it. Just create. And a lot of people, I think that's the other nail you hit right on that. Is people forget? Sometimes people feel that they have to rush through wonder, or that they have to rush. Through anything Right You know I just came from brunch With my family And my 8 year old And you know People constantly feel That they're on the hamster wheel Yeah you know, Wonder exists As a place To pause in okay. And a place To you know Have an experience And to create On your own yeah. There are tons of instances Within wonder That you can create And that hopefully When you When you leave Wonder That a little bit Of that sticks with you you know, know, that there are artists or creators in all of us.
0: Everybody can and benefit like, from, from that, it sounds like.
3: Probably, yeah. Whether it's harmonica, whether it's, you know, comedy, we're, we're looking at doing different things either. Coming up this Friday, we have one of the cast from Love is Blind who um, is going to be doing her podcast on Feel in the Blank. You know, she had this very public, by going on this Netflix show of which is just fascinating to me. Like it's kind of like that speed dating with a curtain in the middle, but you never
1: see, you never see the person,
3: the person, person. You're talking to Yeah, And then you end up getting married. That's crazy. Yeah. And then what happens when you get married and then that falls apart in public. And then you try to recreate your own life coming out of something very public. She started to talk about her feelings and her podcast just took off. And now she's going to do that live at wonder museum. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think that's super fun. That yeah. There's yeah. No there's there's no way to put Wonder Museum into a container or mm-hmm. a box. There's so many different this ways. This is there. a good thing. Yeah,
1: I, I like the way I like you. You you complete the art. Mm-hmm. Like that's you are the you are the missing component right. within it, and I think it's the perfect way to do this. Look, if you want to go and have just like take a moment, especially you know in the winter, although this winter has been very tropical, but like it's I think it's a, one of those things where like just to get away and to let your brain give your brain a break, or to to stimulate different parts of your brain that you might not have used recently. Make sure you go check out the one. Museum uh, on Monroe Monroe and if you want to find out more information go to wondermuseum.com that's w n d r museum.com
3: Where
0: exactly is is it Eric located?
3: It's in it's in the West Loop on uh, 1130 West Monroe 1130 East Racing Just
0: East Racing. Okay, great. Yeah. So I want I want to go. It it's sounds fun. fantastic. It
3: is super deeper fun and
1: uh Eric, thank through. you thank, thank you so you. much
0: for taking time out today thank to you, uh to to uh spark creativity and enlighten us about this fantastic opportunity.
3: Oh, thank you for you too for uh enlightening me on this <laughs> Very warm Sunday. <laughs> indeed. Awesome. Indeed. Oh, good. <laughs> Sunday in
0: the
1: neighborhood. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you head to the Wonder Museum. Uh it'll be a really great time. Eric, have a great day. It. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. we got to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking with director Steve Scott about his uh, new production called Andy Warhol's Tomato, continuing the art theme. Mm -hmm. Look at that uh, when we get back from a break. So keep listening. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT.
0: Did you go with your gal?
3: Hey, this is Mark Patton and I'm from Screen Queen, my nightmare on Elm Street, and you're listening to Out Chicago. Hey,
1: and welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along I with Elemental. Remember
0: when we had guests in the studio like Mark Patton?
1: Yeah. It was get lovely. to meet
0: people, press the flesh, I know. Look them in the eye, I give know. them a hug. Well, remember those days? Yes. They'll come back. I don't know if they will. They'll come back. Some things are never coming back. Well, you never know.
1: But you know what is always in in style. What art?
0: Yes, art is is always in
1: style. Creativity is always in style. And in advance of the upcoming Warhol exhibition this summer, Buffalo Theater Ensemble presents Andy Warhol's Tomato, a fictitious tale of an unlikely friendship and inspiration. It has been recommended rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, And joining us now is uh, the acclaimed director Steve Scott. Oh, yes. Steve, welcome to the show.
6: Well, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I can't be in the studio with you too. I know we'd love to give you a One hug and press flesh and
1: all that stuff. One of these days.
6: I'm, I'm hugging you virtually. Oh, thank well, you. thank you,
1: Steve. How are you doing, my friend? It's been it's been a minute.
6: Doing, I, I am doing just great. I you know I'm kind of doing now that I'm uh, retired from Goodman. I'm doing projects that I like doing and. Uh, Andy Warhol was one of them. Yeah.
1: So, how did Andy Warhol's Tomato come to you?
6: Well, Connie Kennedy Howard, uh, who is the artistic director at the Buffalo Theatre Ensemble, I've, I've worked there a number of times in the past. And she called me last summer or fall, some, somewhere in the, in the ago, and said, Would you like to do a play about Andy Warhol? And, of course, I'm obsessed with Andy Warhol. I had just watched the. Uh, six-part series on his diaries and on his life, and I I thought, wow, this will be fun. So she sent me the play, and I thought it was fascinating, because it kind of posits what Andy Warhol was like before he was Andy Warhol, uh, when he was just a kid in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, trying to figure out what he was going to do with his life. And uh, so although this is a fictitious story, I think it's a kind of interesting exploration of what what he was before he became what we know, and the uh, meeting of two very unlikely people, uh, finding that they have uh, a lot in common.
1: Yeah, I love seeing the you know, I've been calling it basically the origin story mm-hmm. of yeah. by Andy Warhol. but it's a what if. It is a what if. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and I love that the thing that unites these two unlikely people is art.
6: I know it's really. You know, especially uh, today when everybody's so divided and separated and we immediately kind of uh, look with disparagement on people who don't agree with us or who seem to be kind of unlike us or whatever. It's really heartwarming to see a story where people can connect through art because that's what art does. So at the end of the day, it's a celebration of art, which I'm always up for. Uh, But in a very specific context, a really interesting one.
1: So you were saying that you you are a fan of Andy Warhol's work. Oh, what what is it about? I was going to ask about the dramaturgy, but it sounds like you just you did all the dramaturgical look work mm-hmm. on your own. You know,
6: with <laughs> <laughs> like oh, my life is dramaturgy, uh, Scott. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I became uh, you know interested in Andy Warhol when I was a little gay boy in Kansas in the late '60s. Uh, because he was one of the few figures who was out and proud before Stonewall. Mm -hmm. And um, although I didn't kind of see myself as him, it was wonderful to find out that there was somebody else who kind of felt the way I did about, you know, and uh, all that sort of stuff. And I just, I admired him greatly, even though he was very odd and kind of from another world, especially to those of us from Kansas. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, so I became a fan of his uh, when I was uh, late high school and college, and kind of followed him all the way through, and, and especially in the seventies.
0: Was it him that you were a fan of, or his actual art?
6: I was a fan of him. Uh, the art I kind of came to later, because the art, you know, when uh, when, uh, when his art first became kind of public, mm-hmm. there were lots of conversations about what is art, and is this art? Is a painting of the Campbell soup can really art? Mm-hmm. That sort of. Thing. And so I wasn't quite mature enough to be there on that conversation. But I was just fascinated by him right. and the people he surrounded himself with and the stuff that he did, you know, the, the whole idea of the factory and the odd people that are over around them. And quite frankly, I think the first art that I experienced of Andy Warhol were his films, which I saw kind of like in, in underground showings. in Good Lord. Yeah. And- Mm -hmm. Definitely (laughs) underground. (laughs) You're very undergrad. It always comes back to the boys, doesn't it? Right. Uh, (laughs) You know, um, I I, I, I was obsessed with Andy Warhol, but as I recall, I was more obsessed in some ways with George Alessandro, who was one of his stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) I don't know. I don't
0: know. Hmm. Yeah, his persona seemed to really be the driving force. His persona, as you said, the factory and the art was just a byproduct of it in a way.
3: Yeah, yeah, but but
6: but an important one, because it really did, through the years, as the conversation came here, it really did uh, force us to look at what we conceived of as art. Right. And what Anne Warhol was saying, well, this is art, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, art is in your life. It's part of almost everything you do. And, I, you know, when I became an artist, that idea was very, very potent to me, too. So, um, I mean... Uh, He's he's just a fascinating figure, just a fascinating figure, and the more you read about him, and the more you read about what he did, the more you realize that he was a real at the real vanguard of so many things that are now part of our culture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you're working on uh, this show, Andy Warhol's Tomato, it's basically it's a two-hander. As we've already discussed, mm-hmm. the, we like to say in the biz, it's a tube hander. Um,
6: yeah. <laughs> <but, laughs> you, folks, refer to it that. Yeah,
1: there we are. <laughs> but as you know, as you're working with this and you're dealing with somebody who is so iconic uh, that is Andy Warhol, and like I said, it's based. It's, it is a version of of an origin story about you know about this incredible iconic artist. Did you feel like any pressure about, or, or was it like about not keeping it too precious? Or because again, this is fictitious, it's all like this could have happened. But did you feel that you needed to get some things right, or did you just kind of like let's just see where let's just go?
6: I, I yeah, I, I was more of the kind of let's just go uh, philosophy. And you know, fortunately for me, the uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, the young man that I cast as Andy had already been doing work with the, with the uh, museum at the Conventry page as an Andy Warhol impersonator at Fundraising <laughs> What? No way. So he had already done a lot of research himself, you know, looking at films of Warhol and all of that. And he was portraying Warhol at a later age. Uh, so he kind of came in with a background already. But, but the point is, we are doing a, a play about two people, and although one of the people would become well known to us, um, he, we mostly really kind of focused on on who Warhol was as an eighteen year old. What were the factors in his life that that really affected him? What of uh, the persona that we came to know was already kind of in evidence through uh, his actions and through his own work as an artist and his own growth as an artist. So we didn't. I, I didn't, you know, say okay. Now we have to have these mannerisms, and he has to stand this way, and this is this is what we know. Um, some of that evolved just naturally, and some of it evolved through Alexander's research. But really, I really wanted to focus on the people and the relationship because I think that's where the the, the richness of this story really lies. At beyond a certain point, the whole thing that is Andy Warhol as a teenager is almost like a People Magazine thing. Uh, and you have to kind of look beyond that. And I think the play does that really, really well. Very simply, but very well. And I kind of, this kid was actually a person and went through a lot of stuff to make him what he was. Mm. Let's see what that was. So, uh, so it was really. Kind of fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, so we know,
1: you know, one of the characters clearly is Andy Warhol, but who is who is his opposing force? Who is this other?
6: His name is Bones Benino, and he owns a bar uh, in Heartland, uh, Pennsylvania, which is a a kind of lower middle class working suburb of Pittsburgh where Andy grew up. And the story is that Warhol would would accompany his older brother, who uh, delivered vegetables and fruit to the restaurants and bars around the Pittsburgh area. And at one point, Warhol kind of got to know one of the proprietors of one of these bars and would go to the bar, talk to him, and uh, amuse him by doing sketches of things like Coke bottles and uh, people in the bar and that sort of stuff. We don't know if that's true, but that's kind of the premise of the play, but but Bones is as unlike Warhol as you could possibly be. Uh, he's uh, he's gruff. Uh, he's very working class. Uh, all, all of the things that you kind of associate with the other side. And uh, it was just kind of fascinating to flesh out that character and see how he responded to a young, odd Andy Warhol. And again, it's all in the play. The play is... Is deceptively well constructed. When I first read it, I thought, "Oh well, this is pretty easy." But as you dig deeper, you find all sorts of things and turns and all sorts of other things that, that uh, he, the playwright really did his job and and gave us a, a rich kind of uh, relationship to to flesh out. So it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: and the playwright is actually going to be. I think there's a possibility that the playwright's going to be in town next
6: weekend. Cool? Uh, I have heard rumors of this. I don't know this for sure, but I hope so. Okay, <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're always nervous when the playwright comes to do your work, right? If the playwright hasn't been involved, uh, so you know part of me is going, God, I hope he doesn't sue us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, then you will. Yeah.
1: Well, that's just so funny because you know, Steve Scott, you're you're fancy. You know, you you're you're fancy. You you got a you know a, a special Jeff Award for your all of your con- contributions to the Chicago theater community. Mm-hmm. You got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the League of Chicago Theaters. You were a producer at the Goodman for over thirty years. You know, I love yeah, that. I'm a,
6: I'm a I'm a kind of icon of the lowest order, but you know that doesn't really mean anything to a playwright if if, if the icon has screwed up your world. Right.
1: <laughs> well, no, but it's but it's wow. actually but it Makes me feel it's like, oh, he's human, you know, like there's, there's something. Im- yeah, come to my house, You'll see human all over. The oh, place. I know, I know. Well, I also know you, so I don't know how human you are, too. Yeah,
6: so, <laughs> but uh, don't go, get into it, Scott, because they'll take those awards away from me and probably send you know, exile me. I know you no, need they, they will won't. you will have
1: to pay no, a, a fee won't. or something like that, yes, indeed. <laughs> but you know, as so, you're, you're working on this play. Andy Warhol's tomato. That's at uh, Buffalo Theater Ensemble. Um, what did you, what did you discover, or what was uh, uh, reaffirmed for you in the role that you, for your personal beliefs about the role that art plays in the world?
6: Well, I in this case, it uh, the the fact that they're both artists and go through somewhat the same neuroses that artists go through, I think, uh, impacted me. But Bones is a kind of closet writer uh, and doesn't want anybody to know about that because he thinks his friends will find him odd or effeminate or whatever like that. And, of course, Andy is a nascent uh, painter and uh, 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 portrait artist at the time that we meet but they both have the same insecurities. They both have the have the same fears about what the work is going to, uh, uh, what the world is going to feel about the work that they do, whether or not they'll be accepted. You know, being an artist is a very naked thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you put yourself out mm-hmm. there, kind of un, 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 unprotected for the world to judge. And through the course of the play, Andy kind of. Um, encourages Bones to do that, uh, to to come out of the closet as an artist and kind of accept the fact that you think what you think, you feel what you feel, it's valuable, let people see that. Um, It's just a, a very moving experience to me when I'm reading about other artists who have the same insecurities that I have. And when I, when I can use those insecurities in my work on stage, as I, as I have here, because, you know, a lot of the insecurities that the characters feel are insecurities that I'm feeling, even as I'm directing the play. Right. So uh, it, kind of, it makes you feel not alone. And, uh, and I think that's the important thing about art. At the end of the day, we all feel alone at some times, and art connects us in ways that we don't even understand.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah,
6: There's sure. snaps. Beautiful. We're going to do some
1: some snaps on that fabulous. right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is snaps sure.
1: Snaps to you, Steve Scott. That's been nice. Well, congratulations. Uh, you know, the reviews are lovely. It is Jeff-recommended. Um yeah, everybody, you need to head on out to the College of DuPage and go check out Andy Warhol's Tomato. Buffalo Theater Ensembles uh, presents Vince. Is it Melok Melik? M- Mel- how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Mc- Me- No, no, that's the, the Sorry, Milwaukee, but how do you, the, the, M- M- Meloki, the The playwright. Oh, uh, Vince Malaki. Vince Malaki. Malaki. All right, Vince Malaki. Uh, <laughs> here we are. We got around that. There's so many hard words. See, Not as an artist right now, I'm being judged. I'm putting it out there. But Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Theatre Ensemble prints Vince Malonky's Andy Warhol's Tomato in the Playhouse Theater of the Mackinac uh, Arts Center on the campus of College of DuPage through March 5th. For tickets and more information, visit at themac.org. Steve Scott, thank you so much for taking time thank out today you, to join us.
6: Oh. Well, thank you for having me. This was
1: great fun. Of Absolutely. course. You will you're great fun. You're great fun Anytime, and and Steve. a great artist, full of neuroses. Oh, thank you,
6: dear. Thank you. You're yeah.
1: welcome, my love. Now take your neurotic ass out of here. <laughs> <Take care. laughs> oh,
6: I'm fine. All righty.
1: Steve you. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Again, go check out Andy Warhol's Tomato at Buffalo Theater Ensemble. We've gotta take a quick break, and when we come back, it's the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT.
0: Welcome back. I'm Fazi Mirza. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT.
1: And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Up here along with Ella Miller rolling along today rolling along. on Rihanna Sunday. Yes, indeed. There we are. Also, the uh, just a reminder: the elections are coming up for uh, you know, mayor the and their aldermen. Is everything on the twenty-eighth.
0: You know, everybody I'm talking to, Scott, all of my friends, my family, everybody has the same response. I don't know who to vote for. I know. I've never been more undecided. It's very strange. I've never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very bizarre. And like recently, uh, WBEZ, Chicago Sun-Times, Telemundo, Chicago, and NBC5 had a poll last week. Look, it's weird because three out of five voters disapprove of the job Mayor Lightfoot has done in her first term. More than a half hold an unfavorable opinion, and 71% think that the city's on the wrong track. And yet, she's still, according to this poll, she is all of the all the top three are within the margin of error. Yeah. It's like Lori Lightfoot, Jimmy uh, Garcia, and, and Paul Chewy. Ballas. It's
0: really between the three of them, it seems. Yeah. Uh, sadly. Here's the thing for me i have been going back and forth trying to figure out who is a better candidate than the mayor we have now and a lot of my liberal north side lakefront friends are voting for paul Vallis because of one issue and one issue alone crime well it's and it's his message it's his, his on message crime. has hit you know he wants to be more aggressive he wants to start the foot chases again and Liberal people, supposedly, you know, they're like, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of being afraid in my neighborhood. I get it. I get it. But Paul Vallis is like friends, people that I know that are big Trump. Like a, this one particular, did fundraisers for Paul Vallis. She's a a very, you know, right wing Republican Trumper. I do not trust Paul Vallis. I'm sorry, I don't. Um, I'm actually back to thinking that I'm going to vote for Lori Lightfoot because, mm-hmm. A, she's the devil I know. B, she's had four years, like we've talked about, she and had a, a giant crazy. pile of crap dumped Niggle on her Deedoo. administration yeah. like yeah. we've never seen in our lifetime, particularly the pandemic. And then you add the George Floyd situation, the riots that we had, the looting, the, the all of this. You know, I think between her... And Governor Pritzker, that they, they shepherded us through this pandemic for two people that had never been in politics before, for two people that had only been in the office for a short time. I think they did it as well as anybody could, number one. She also defended, they stood up to Trump, they stood up for Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? I'm a gay woman. I'm not gonna to relate to Paul Vallis. I, I can't relate to Chewy Garcia. There's you know, I like Sophia. I think Cam sounds like a you know, a Brandon Johnson and Cam Buckner seem like you know they'd be great candidates. But I'm tired of experiments. I know that Lori has fallen short in a lot of people's minds, but in my mind today, I think she's the best choice that I personally uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to throw my support to Lori Lightfoot again. And I right. know a lot of people say anybody but Lori, but you guys, she's had a very tough battle, and I think she's learned from it. And I think this is a learning curve job. We're going to have somebody else in there that's never done the job before, and, and to me, it's going to be another four years of,
1: of, of what fig- am I doing? What are they doing? So what do I do with city you know council, council? It's not
0: an easy decision, but um, I'm going with the I'm going with the African American. Uh, lesbian. That's who I'm going for for mayor of Chicago. Right on. Right on. Well,
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm still, like I said, I'm still very, I'm just very confused about what's going on. You know, it's, it's,
0: the problem is, there isn't anybody more compelling. You are,
1: I know you were always in the back of my head going about like, this is the crappiest job on the planet. It's the you worst cannot job in please everybody. It's the worst job in the You America. cannot please everybody. You know, the thing that I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of looking at like Brandon Johnson right now. I think he's really interesting. He's a former teacher and the former organizer of the Chicago Teachers Union. He's Cook County Commissioner. You know, he just announced his big plan, you know, for education, which to me is also very, very important. I know a Crime is is a big thing for a lot of people. Uh, for me, it's always education, just because you know, especially with what's going on across education the country. Is the
0: key to everything. It's the I key agree. to everything. I agree. And especially
1: when you have people who are banning books, and you have organizations like Awake Illinois who are trying to, you know, take over school boards and limit, you know, what topics are, are discussed. Uh, you've got yeah. crazy. You know, you have people right in here. I, I just don't like that. And he's got a. I mean, he has a really big plan for education, which includes like the CTA waiving fares year-round for Chicago public school students. The city colleges would be tuition-free, and run by an elected board, and childcare would be free. I like now, all. Of I that. love those ideas, and of course, there's no idea. We don't know how it's going to be paid for. You know, that's that's the tricky when thing. When they get
0: into it and they realize all these great ideas are hard to. To put it into action, yeah. because of uh, the money, you know, it's money, it comes and then you're running.
1: Comes down to money. Comes into like you know support within city council. And, you know all of these different things. Um, I will say, you know, I, look, we talked about last week the LGBTQ organizations are They're pushing hard for Mary for Mayor Lightfoot. They are aggressively campaigning against Paul Vallis. Yeah. Um, th- like I don't know about you. My email was flooded this week when they were like, "Do not vote for." They had a press conference earlier this week along with indivisible. Illinois Chicago, um, but they were they are like saying do not go for Paul Vallis. They were citing budget disasters that they say quote left taxpayers holding the bag. He he's
0: bounced around from one thing to another he around the a, country. He's um, got a very
1: close alignment with some right wing things, including uh, organizations, including organizations like Awake Illinois. He spoke with them. He yeah. later came out and and said no no, but it was like you already did it. Why would you why would you go and speak? For this organization, most
0: Republican Democrat that's running. Well, and that's the thing—they don't
1: know if he's really a Democrat or a Republican. And he kind of waffles on supporting reproductive rights. There's was some little controversy about. Does he even live in Chicago?
0: He has an apartment. He has an apartment
1: in Bridgeport. I don't know. It's, uh, it, it also, but, a, but you, yeah. there's a there's a, a forum coming up. I don't want us to yeah. run out of time. Uh,
0: the, yeah. There is a uh, we love indivisible uh, Chicago, indivisible Illinois progressives mayoral candidate forum. It's. Uh, uh, February 16th this week. It's uh, Doors at 4.30. The program's at 5. It is at the hideout. Three progressive candidates, Cam Buckner, uh, Chewy Garcia, and Brandon Johnson. All The other thing you mentioned, You know, the Sun-Times and BEZ have done a... Uh, th- I got this email. It's every candidate well done. They've edited it. It's a beautiful interview with each one of them asking the same questions of each one of the candidates. I listened to all of them last night. I found it... There were things about every candidate that I agree with and that I think sound good, but it, to me again, it comes down to any woman, any woman that has a tough uh, presence, whether it be Hillary Clinton yep. or Lori Lightfoot, they have a tougher road to hoe. They're vilified. America is still vilifies women who show strength, who show power, who show toughness, and it is sad, but it's true. And other women judge it just like men, and that's why I am going to give. The woman, the lesbian, African-American woman, I want to give her another four years. All right. I'm, again, I'm not yeah, doing it like, no. you know, I, I don't love some of the things. I don't love David Brown that she's hired and she's standing behind him because she has to. But more needs to be done uh, from, the, from the superintendent's office here in Chicago for the police department. And she's got to work on it, but I, I think she's our best shot.
1: Yeah. That's me. And I agree with you in terms of like, you know, somebody, she's, she's, I'm talking about feisty, feisty Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's Dark go Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Dark Brandon coming out. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with, with President Biden. Same thing with, with Mayor Lightfoot. She's, she's feisty and yeah. she will, she's not afraid. She's scrappy. That's she what I is. like about her.
2: Yeah. You know, she she's is. not
1: afraid to, she will defend herself. And, so, yeah, I don't know. But maybe we should go ch- check out this forum at the hideout. That's yeah. gonna, it's on the 16th?
0: It's on the 16th. It's with three candidates. And and the three progressive candidates that the you know, Indivisible um, right. Chicago is... Kind of bad. So,
1: can you go to like the Indivisible Illinois Chicago website? I guess you can um, Google that and you can find the out. Mission the mission is forum. first come, first serve. Right on. Well, you there can we go. You
0: VP, but it will not be guaranteed. They so have to get right there on. at 4 30. So, well, there, there you
1: go. go. <laughs> um, and this week is Valentine's Day. Yes. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. Are you, you and Sweetie doing anything?
0: We're going to go out to a nice dinner on Valentine's you You're going out on Valentine's Day? On Valentine's Day. You are Day. a crazy person. That's where the true Valentines go out, not on the weekends. No, before. they don't. No, that's when all the amateurs go no, out. No, the amateurs go out on the Weekend before, because it's easy to go out on the weekend before. The oh, now when it's a Tuesday. And a Tuesday. We're oh, on a Tuesday you're going out on, on a Tuesday. A, and remember, I proposed to Kathy on Valentine's That's Day. That's true. So it is a special day. It is a special day, day for I, you. I and you, you. And I you. get your heart-shaped and thing from your dad. my father gave me a heart-shaped yes. thing my entire life, so it is a special day Well, for you, me. you give me a I'll heart-shaped thing
1: every day that I see you. Back back I at feel you. Happy your, Valentine's your heart. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Happy Valentine's Day to you, and thank you to everybody who listened today. What do you think? Thank Our guest, Eric Stowatowski, uh, from the Wonder Museum, Director Steve Scott, Devin, you're amazing. I would say what's going to go out in the sports cubicle, but I don't know. There's things because it'll be half the game will be happening. Yes. Or will it be over? No, it'll be. St- it'll still be I'll happening. We'll
0: still be going potentially.
1: We're gonna hopefully in the second half of the show do a post game. Oh right if on. If are lucky. There we go. If you're lucky. If not, you can always talk about Rihanna. I'm sure she'll be great. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. There we are. Uh, Ellen, amazing. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's
0: Day, Scott. Thank you so much. And and
1: I'm Scott Duff, and until next week, stay stay proud. proud.